Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught. Today is a swap cast. I was a guest on the Positive Side podcast with Jeremy Tug, uh, and I loved it so much. Um, and actually, I kind of knew that I was going to do it, so I knew right at the gate that I was going to be swap casting this and, and uploading it to this uh, this platform. Uh, it's just a good conversation. It's an all round solid conversation. We go into the maze of life. We go into uh, cryptocurrency. We talk about a little bit of conspiracy, of course, and freedom, free, free. Free mind, free thought, free free speech, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and of course, since we recorded this, the Fauci emails have been discovered. I'm not going to go into the Fauci emails, obviously, and this is this was a pre-recorded podcast. Uh, but I will say that my next podcast will probably have something to do uh, with this. And I will also say that with regards to the Fauci emails, there seems to be a sect of government who is going to help us deter, protect, what have you. But keep in mind that we cannot be protected from the government by the government and that everybody is involved in this bullshit. So whatever those Fauci emails have to say, just realize that it more than likely is a bigger part of the same fear-mongering scam. So pay no attention to the puppets pulling the strings uh, because somebody's pulling those puppet strings. uh, And eventually... All will be revealed, as I'm sure we're all aware of. But until then, I suppose enjoy the show. Uh, And until that, you should enjoy this show. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, let's get right into my guesting on the Positive Side podcast with Jeremy Todd. That sounds great, but say welcome back to the Positive Side podcast. I have no idea what happened there, but it doesn't matter I know this bad boy is being recorded. It was the most important thing. The host, Jeremy Todd, coming to you live from the World Headquarters in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Got my my boy, Adam Walton, coming on the show here today. But I got to tell you, I got to ask you a question, real first of all, before we get going. Are you are you just tired? Are you tired of not achieving your goals? Are you chi- tired of saying this is the year, and yet we're halfway through the year and nothing has changed? I've been there. I've done that. It sucks. It's terrible. And then you have all these huge goals and huge life accomplishments that you want to knock out and you haven't been able to achieve any of them. But my friend, it is over. Go to besthalfyear.com. Sign up June 15th. 
I'm going to go live in our, in our private little group, and I'm going to show you. I'm going to promise you and produce to you how to have the best half year of your life. So that way we can crush the rest of this year. And that way we can get refocused on January 1st, have another huge year or a huge year if you have never had one before. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's not too late. And I guess that's the biggest thing that I'm talking about is it's not too late to have the best year of your life. And it is, um, you know, it's right in front of your face. June 15th is the day we're going to rock and roll. So go to besthalfyear.com, sign up. I'm going to go over goal setting, mindset, how to set your day up, how to, how to set your week up, how to set the big rocks in your schedule. All these little things um, are so important to creating the life that you want to have. If you haven't had it already, this is your chance. Besthalfyear.com, sign up. Adam Walton in the house. Uh, Adam, welcome to the show. Uh, happy to be back. 100%. You've been on here now three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. It doesn't matter. But my question I have for you right away. Definitely lost it, count. What's that? I said, I said, we definitely lost count. Now, actually, before, because you always blindside me. So before we jump to me getting blindsided on this one, can I plug something real quick? 100%. Okay. So you use the video, I would assume, right? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Okay. So what I want to do here is plug one of my absolutely favorite books of all time. Mm. Uh, this would be the positive oh my side gosh, book. Look at that. Uh, I'm, I'm holding it up and my lighting is all screwing me up on this here. But uh, we got a really good book here. Um, this is one of those books that if you haven't read, if you haven't heard him plug, if you haven't heard anybody plug, I'm plugging it right now with my time on this show. Go get oh, yourself yeah. the positive side book. Jeremy Todd, how I overcame bullying, bankruptcy, and a bad attitude. This you know, it's... Uh, it's so important that 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 book meant so much to me, and and and, I, and it's funny because and this leads right into the first question for you, because I, I have a hard time my ego like promoting myself, um and and you know within that book I talk about a lot of the things that I overcame and and you know smashing the ego and I've been you know bullied bankruptcy I've you know the sexual assault that I talk about in there that I went through as a kid, there's so many things in there that I uh, that smashed my ego. I guess the biggest thing for me and one of the questions I had for you is when you talk about the ego, how do you actually tell the ego that the ego is wrong and, and what you know is right deep down inside is actually right? How do you get past that? Because it's, man, it's just, I, I struggle with this still. And I tell my ego, I got to do this. I got to be, I got to show people what I got. I got to show people this book I wrote. And yet I still don't do it because I get my own head and the ego stops me. How do I control my own ego for good or bad? There's a, a multitude of ways, obviously. Um, but for me, because again, I mean, I've gone through you know what you're talking about. I've lived through the majority of this. I've been, I've, I've gone through hell, hell and back. Uh, the only way I got to where I am is literally by essentially setting my old self on fire. And that's not even cliche. So um, how do you, how do you attack your ego? How do you get this? Um, I think the best way I could, the best piece of advice I could give on that would have to be that your ego is not you. There's two things. If you want to go the Alan Watts way, uh, it would be that your ego doesn't exist. If you want to go uh, an existential way, you could say that your ego isn't even you. So because you've been hearing this voice inside your head for as long as you have, you believe it to be yourself, but you're at war with somebody else inside you who's quietly pretending to be you. And there's a possibility that there is more than just one of you in there. So when you say things like, how do I check my ego? I think the most fundamental thing that you can sort of acknowledge is that it isn't anything other than a story you're telling yourself one way or the other. And no matter what story you do end up telling yourself as to, I can, I can't, I this, I that, 
all of those stories are true. It's basically what your actions dictate. And one thing that I've learned in my journey is if you're not publishing, or if you're not promoting your book, it's because you're not ready to. And the cool thing about that is you're not supposed to be ready to. You're not supposed to worry about anything. In this day and age, you know, you and I grew up where somebody had a book and they did a press release and they, they went out and they did these library signings and we saw all this shit and they were celebrities because they're producing some garbage. Truth of the matter is this book isn't for anybody. The way I look at it and the way I look at authoring and the way I look at the way the world works now, this book was written, done, produced, and put out into the world because you needed to do it. End of discussion. I did. And then I did. from there, anything else can come out. Well, I, I say that um, it, it's so weird. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, and, and I, I'll try to relate this to everyone else out there listening to this podcast because it's so, so important because we all have this, this like this the skeleton in the closet, this thing that I just, I've always wanted to get out. And I never told a certain, I never told one person in my entire life what happened to me in, in my past. And I knew I had to, I had to tell the story and, and, and twofold selfishly. I wanted to do it for myself because I wanted to get that out there. Secondly, I believe in my own confidence and my, and, and my, I don't know, in the, I guess in the confidence of myself that I can overcome all these things, but also be the light for someone else that's going through something that's tragic in their life that they don't know how to either talk about it or get it off their chest or because I think we carry around this baggage so much. And I was carrying around it for 40, I'm 42, I'm 40, I'll be 43 here soon. I've been carrying this around this baggage for 30 years. I mean, it's a lot, it's a long time to carry this with me. And it's, it's funny because I sent this, but put this book out there. And the conversations I had with my family members, my my dad, my stepmom, my mom, my brothers, my sisters, we still have the conversations today. And they ask me, like, what does it feel like to put the, the, to put yourself out on blast like that? And, uh, you know, I think the, the, the answer they want to hear is, well, it's a little scary or a little uneasy. But for me, it's very relieving. And, and I feel so much better to have the conversation with with people about what I went through because I've been living with it forever. Um, and I, and I think it's, it, it, I, I hope that opens that door for other people to talk about it for whatever they're going through in their lives. Cause we all have that, right. Whether it's, you know, fill in the blank, you know, I struggle with blank in my entire life because I don't want, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm scared. I'm, I'm afraid of it. And what you're talking about earlier is the ego too. And, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but that ego thing is very interesting the way you said that, because is the ego actually real or is the story that I keep telling myself and, and then I put a label on it as ego through lack of action that I'm not taking the action that I've actually wanted to do. When I saw it and I wrote the book that was actually taking action, but that had nothing really to do with my ego. It was just like, it was, it was that conversation I had with myself. And I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but what you said there made a lot of sense to me because I took action of what this, the excuses and the story and the shame that I've been telling myself for year after year after year after year, but yet I took action and now it's complete. Now it's not even part of the conversation anymore. It's, it's so bizarre that you, you said that because it really, really hit home. There's a, there's an old saying. Um, well, I mean, we've all seen that, that video where the guy, you know, he's standing in front of the class and he says, you know, this cup, I'm going to fill it with rocks. Can I, can I put any more rocks in there? Can I put anything else in there? And the class is like, no. And then he pours a, a cup full of smaller pebbles in there. Right. And then they're yeah. like, can you put anything else in there? And he's like, no. And then he pours in some sand. 
And then, you know, can I pour anything else in there? And the class is like, no, no, it's absolutely full at this time. And then he pours in a little bit of water, right? So this, this cup that we've got, you know, is, is full at this point. And it, but it was interesting because, you know, as you're sort of going through life, you're like, I can't, I can't take on anymore, but you can. That cup was an analogy for figuring out what comes first and what's important. Put the big stuff in first and then fill up, fill up your life with the little stuff. Don't, you know, don't get distracted with the sand when you've got the boulders to move around. The other cup that not get, that doesn't get as much attention is the cup full of water. And he fills this cup to the brim with water and says, now, can I pour anything else into this cup? This cup is full. And the class says, no, you can't. So what does he do? He turns around, pours that cup into a bucket, and then pours more into the cup. And in this state and in this uh, sentiment where we are right now, your bucket at this moment in time was the book. You poured yourself into the bucket. Now you being the glass have the opportunity to add more to your life. So this book, unlike all those fancy books that were written with the book publishings and the signings and the this and the that and all that fancy stuff, <laughs> this book wasn't written because you were looking to make money. This book was written because you needed to get something out. That being out, and this book, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't read it, get into it. It's a very quick read. It's a nice one. It's a good one. And it's one that you can share with your family. Buy 40 of them. Give them out to friends. It's a good sign. Exactly. So, but what I'm saying is, is this, again, this was for you. You know, this wasn't for, this wasn't for accolades. This wasn't for praise. This wasn't for anything. This, this was a, this was a project that you did for you. And as you start doing more of these projects, you understand more and more about yourself. You understand that there are certain things that I want to do for me. And it becomes way less about everybody else. And it come, your life becomes more about what, what you need to do. The more you need to do what you need to do for you, because you're, you're literally having your experience. You're not you're not, yes, you're a part of other people's and yes, you're doing certain things in that vein, but the whole entirety of what you're doing is, is for you. And the, and the interesting thing too about that is all of society and everything that we're taught right now is to do for others. So we are literally taught from birth to think about other people first, which, and if we do think about ourselves, it's selfish, but that's how you cure depression and anxiety is by thinking yeah. about yourself, is by focusing on yourself, is by giving to yourself first. And then allowing your experiences to trickle out to better other people through progress, if you so choose. We talk about benefiting other people through progress, and you know, and, and I, I, I can't say how much I appreciate this conversation, but I'm going to totally pivot on you, brother, because this is one of the reasons I wanted you on the show. And away we go. And the, and the way we go, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, cryptocurrencies off the hook. I mean, I know this is a huge switch, but I got to talk to you about this. This is why I wanted you on the show. I have, um, and I, let me tell you full, full disclosure where I'm at with my cryptocurrency. And I think this is probably more than most, but less than a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency took an absolute beating in the last two, three, four weeks. Th let's say two weeks, three weeks. Um, let's say the, the fanciest month of May. It's been harsh, boy. Yeah, but you know, I've, I've, I've held on. I've, you know, I've hodled, hold on for dear life. Mm -hmm. um, I, I see, I just, it's great. I have a kind of conversation with a gentleman about literally 15 minutes ago and he was talking about his basic knowledge of cryptocurrency and where he thinks it's going to go and what's going to happen. All I tell people and all I tell everybody I know is it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Stay out of the, uh, you know, the, the Twitter feed where it says, oh my gosh, the world's coming. I told you that crypto was no good. 
Tell me in general for cryptocurrency, is cryptocurrency here forever? Uh, what, where do you see it going in the future? Why should you put money into it? That's a pretty loaded question, isn't it? It is. I'm all in. I mean, I'm all in. I mean, I'm, I'm probably like, um, you know, a small percentage of people that I've put a, a lot of money into it and I took a beating and, and it was crazy. I took, I took a beating last month, but I was, I'm still up, you know, which is great, <laughs> you know, which, you know, it went way, way down, but I'm still way, way up and I'm looking towards the future. And I see for whatever reason, I don't know why, but I think July, actually, I do know why I have a couple, couple of reasons why July is going to be huge, but this time next year or five years from now, I'm going to look back and say, thank God I put up, put the amount of money I did when I did, but people are still scared to death about it. They don't know anything about it. They're, they're listening to the government. Oh my God, crypto is bad. Put money, put money in your savings account. Um, and, 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 <laughs> and don't put money in crypto, but that's what you hear, right? That's what you hear. People that, that uh, and, and it's great. I love it. They, the old, I told you so it's come out in the last month. I told you so. I told you it was going to go way down. Oh, okay. Okay. So talk, I guess, generalities. Talk about where you see it going, what's going to happen, and why you should put money in it. Okay. So before I do that, how much have you talked crypto on your show? Like, is your um, audience, is your audience well-versed, or should I just keep it? No. I would say no, they're not. I talk about it. Uh, so I, I talk about it with just a hey, big day for crypto. You know what's interesting, too? Real quick, I had John Lee Dumas on the show. And I asked, you know, John Lee Dumas, um, what are you learning now? And John Lee Dumas said, I'm learning the power of crypto. So I think baseline, it's initially, I think it's it's really starting to grow. And I think, boy, oh boy, right now, it's, I, if you're not in it by now, I think it's trouble. I think uh, you need to be in it big time. Well, the, the, okay. So I'm just going to address that real quick. The um, cryptocurrency right now is no longer on the ground floor. But we're on the first floor. We've just left the lobby. That's it. <laughs> uh, so, so it's you know it's it's one of those things. Now, here's here's what people you know you just talked about July, as in two months from now, which is poppycock. Um, when we think about crypto, there's a play. There's a play being. There's a play now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, put on your tinfoil hats. Uh, it's it's going to get bumpy. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, there there's a play that goes on. Um, that's happening right now, and I have. I have a gift of being able to see certain things. You know, when I was, when I was, I swear to God, the first time I guessed it on your show, I was probably addressed as the tinfoil hat crazy kooky. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so now, you still are. It's all good. Though, every single thing that we ever talked about has been proven right. So if we, you and I backtrack to our first episode and say we sat there and played it in the background and then talked over it, right? You know, as if we were our own guests on our own show. Um, you would see some pretty interesting things. Now, that being said, I'm not going to worry about July. I'm not going to worry about a year from now. Well, a year from now is going to be neat. Um, I'm going to look into the past when I decide what's going on. I'm also going to say that as far as I understand it right now is the best time to buy in, but I'm, I'm going to state and I'm going to preface this because I'm going to swap cast this as well. This is going to be on, I'm going to air this on the mental mastery Alliance. And I, I am not giving financial advice. <laughs> Let's just put this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This is not financial advice. This is just one crazy tinfoil hat man's opinion on what's going on. So here's my thing on this. People forget 
that the dollar that exists in America right now is an agreement. If I said to you, here's a dollar, and I showed you a dollar, and I said, would you like this dollar? You would look at me and say, give me that dollar. And we both agree that it's a dollar. It means nothing other than that it's a dollar. But that's because you and I agree that it's a dollar. Now, if I said to you, here's one of my dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Canadian. Don't hold it against me. Um, would you trade me one of your dollars for one of my dollars? No chance. You would say no. First of all, your dollar is a coin. Beat it. Um, <laughs> so now in what world or for what reason is your dollar worth more than my dollar? Other than it's an agreement. Well, it's been what I've been told. Really, that's really yeah. it in reality. That's what I've been told. My dollar is worth more than FU Canadian dollar. That's right. So it's an agreement. It's an understanding. It's brainwashing. It's Correct. a slavery ticket. Now, years and years ago, we had bonds and all sorts of fun stuff. And we had what was called the gold back dollar. So instead of, and before that, we had doubloons. And we had, you guys remember back in the day and you watch any of these Western shows, this guy would roll up to a saloon somewhere and he'd take a big shiny chunk of something, bounce it off the bar. And the bartender would say, here's a steak and here's a whore and here's eight gallons of whiskey and here's a bed for the night. And, and that was it. It was a chunk of ping that that's what paid for that. And then, you know, you couldn't carry your gold around with you. So we had the gold back dollar, which was the gold standard, which is something that we still hear of today. The gold standard. There is no gold standard anymore. We have rotated out of the gold standard and every single dollar printed currently is what's referred to as fiat currency. Fiat currency came in and replaced the gold bag dollar and not many people even realized it took place. So, you know, when I was a kid, we grew up, oh, there's all the gold in Fort Knox, you know, all that fun stuff. But that's not true. There's no, you know, there, there may or may not be any gold in Fort Knox. There's issues with blah, blah, blah. It's basically what we're doing is fiat currency. So every single dollar that you have stashed away in your bank account, stashed away in here, stashed away in there, it's all poofta. None of it means anything other than an agreement. So the minute the government says your dollars are worth nothing, then all of the hard work that you've put in where you've traded your, your hours for dollars it all goes up in smoke. The illusion is gone. And in 2008, we saw this take place. We saw the great crash of this, that, and the other thing, and all these people got bailed out. But we were so enamored with the system that we didn't ask any questions. We just accepted it for what it was. And then, boom, there's this new era of something. And shortly after 2008, you started hearing about a cryptocurrency about a mysterious man named Satoshi Nakamoto <laughs> and all this fun stuff. And then there was a bunch of other people that started making other coins because certain people agreed that this coin was worth that and that this hash rate was worth that and this collectible was worth that. And now a foundation is being built right underneath you. So whether you want to admit it or not, your dollar the, the, the wad of cash that you have in your pocket is completely worthless. The cryptocurrency that you could buy with that money is completely worthless. The illusion of slavery and what it makes you do is 100% accurate. So that being said, 
Is cryptocurrency going somewhere? It's the only place that it's going. All of the money everywhere is being shifted into crypto because they're saying they're even using COVID to be like, well, we're not taking cash anymore. We're not, we're, it's all plastic. It's a plastic society. And that's not even that bad. But in the future, your bots are going to talk to my bots and I'm going to tap a thing against your thing. <laughs> that sounded dirty. <laughs> and you're going to get this. It's no longer going to be a dollar amount. And as it stands right now, people want to say crypto is not worth anything, right? But anytime you've ever needed anything, you've never used money. So no matter what screen you're looking at, your quote unquote net worth is dollars on a screen. It's, it's numbers on, it's not even dollars on a screen, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it's numbers on a screen. So you can denounce crypto all you want and you can miss out on this, what's called the biggest transition of wealth in, in, in human history. Or you can, you can throw a couple bucks at it and see what happens. But I'll tell you, it's not the end of it because crypto is just a stepping stone into the next currency, right? This illusion, this fiat currency, this gold-backed dollar, this cryptocurrency, all of these illusions are just distractions to make us not realize that what they're doing isn't working. So if they give us a jet ski or a fast, shiny car, we're going to work really hard. And if we work even harder, we have to give more of that money back to the government because we have yet to figure out that that's also slavery. So now we also watch the news and we think, well, look at Jeff Bezos has all this money and the queen has all this money and all these people have all this money, but we have all these problems because here's the real rub that people don't really quite pay attention to. And this is where the tinfoil hat comes in. Ladies and gentlemen, they don't need money. Nothing in this world that you've ever seen on television has ever been motivated by money because the powers that be invented money to keep you in the form of a peasant bottom line and the distraction is there. And if we're all working for money and they're just printing it because there's no real value to anything, right? This is where I say, I'm not giving financial advice. And this is also where some of your listeners are like, this guy's a fucking lunatic. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. But there are no aside from agreements. And when you really do look into it, this illusion, this total overall financial illusion is, it runs deep. It runs right through our psyche, runs right through everything that we think about. So do you care how much money you have? Sure. Are you going to protect yourself and make sure that your family has a livelihood? Are you going to work your ass off so you have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars? Are you going to work your ass to the bone knowing full well that you've only got 24 hours in a day and you can only hold one or two jobs at a time, but you can also own hundreds of vending machines that are constantly pulling in money. You can go out and buy Bitcoin vending machines right now that are just scooping a rake. So finance has nothing to do with how hard you work and have, and has everything to do with, again, how much you can pay attention to the system in and around you. So this was a long-winded answer to your question, which is cryptocurrency is fake. Paper money is fake. Fiat currency is fake. Gold-backed dollar is fake. Giant tin doubloons from the Old West are fake. Everything is an agreement that somebody made when you and I weren't in the room. Well, I think you're exactly right because one of the things that I hear so often is, well, it's, it's, it comes from people that don't understand crypto. You are exactly right. When I look at my money on my computer screen, on my phone, on my app. It's just 
numbers and dots and zeros and that there's no real tangible asset to that but at the same time when i look at a crypto and i, and I get into blockchain and i actually have a tangible thing that actually is a benefit to to the world you know for you know for example ethereum or you know i'm a big fan of cello um i i just i i see an actual use for that money use for that that currency that I think is going to increase in value. And when you look at the dollar, the dollar doesn't do anything. What worries me for these people, I guess it doesn't really worry me. It, it's concerning to people that um, are just putting all their money in the bank. Oh my, that's what my grandpa told me. Put my money in the bank, rely on my 401k. This is where it's going to be because 40 years from now, when I retire, I'm going to have my 401k, I'm going to have my IRA, and I'll be able to retire, and I'll be able to pay for the things I want to pay for. And I don't think that's reality. I don't see that really happening, and I don't I, – I, I, it concerns me that people are not putting money to where it's actually – cryptocurrency is the future. It's not going anywhere. The uses, the, uh, you know, I, I, I read an article with Cardano about an education system in India, what they're, you know, they're locking in so people can't hack the educational system and change their grades. And then they're, they're selling this program to the entire continent of Africa. There's actual value to these things that, that cryptocurrency is doing. Yet we, we go back to this old school shit where my dollar and they just keep printing them. The, the, I mean, the printing machine never stops. They continually print them and there's nothing backed by the dollar. Yet, this is what we're told. This is what we're told. We either put money into the bank, put our money in our savings account, make it 0.000001% interest. And that's where our money's going to be. We're going to be safe there. Is that really safe? To me, that is dangerous. It's it's not not only not safe, it's, it's very dangerous and it's concerning. Um, to family members, I tell them, I don't want you to put all your money into it. Put something in, like you said, put a little bit into it. Put 500, 1,000, put 500 a paycheck in it. Do something. But the future is in cryptocurrency. The future is here. And it's it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and, and I would just encourage anybody to listen to, like you said, I'm not a financial advisor by no means. But again, the opportunity is right in front of you. Uh, don't miss it. Don't yeah. miss it. Yeah, bottom line, don't miss the opportunity. I, I have. I'm also. I'm going to talk to you about one other cri- cryptocurrency that I'm a big fan of, which is very interesting. I'm just curious more than anything if you know anything about Mana. Now, Mana is in a world of dis- where you buy Mana as a crypto, you can use it in Decentraland. Are you familiar with Decentraland? Yeah. My question in Decentraland, and this is what I've always I've, I've had conversations with people about Decentraland, but it's a VR world where you can actually go into this VR world and you can buy property in a VR world. You can buy, you can open up a shop where you can have goods and services in this VR world. Where does this go to the future? Is this not for, for, for me, it's almost like it's a world that is, is all it's, it's almost like a new world, I guess. I don't know how to explain it, but people wake up in the morning, they go to the central land they, cl- they clock in, do whatever your job is. You have a property, you have a family there, you have a job there. It's a different world. And I almost see this, this is how I think the future is going to be, I think. 
I don't know. I don't know where AI ends up taking us, but this is very, 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 very interesting to me. And it strikes a chord to me with people that are in maybe in a, in a world that they don't fit into this planet yet in this decentral land, they are a rock star. This is their whole new world where they're making money. They're there's they're, they have a great job. They're like I said, they're buying property in decentral land. Where does that go towards the, for the future? What do you know about that? And where do you see that? I guess long-term, I'm sure you know about it, but where does that go long-term? What does that look like? Um, to me, that is just a, um, another piece of evidence that goes to show you how absurd what we're doing in general is right. So somebody who's never heard of anything that you're talking about could say, so what you're telling me is that I can go into some stupid computer program, buy up some dumb property, have a real dumb fake job in there and do some dumb shit and, and be on my computer and not wear pants and just clock in and <laughs> That's what we do every day. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're like, you know, I'm going to make money off this and this is, I'm going to make a living and I'm going to sustain myself through this bullshit. Right. And that's what people are going to say. Now, replace all of that with the real world. So I have to go to some fucking building. I have to sell some bullshit cars. I have to wear fucking pants. And this is going to make me a better person. How is this going to make me a better person? What in what world am I lost where this selling of vehicles or this earning a paycheck and paying taxes makes me a better person? Can somebody explain this to me? So that's what I'm saying. The, the fact of the matter is when you go bigger than what you're talking about right now to where are we? Where the absolute hell are we right now? It ain't a floating space rock. That ain't where we are. So when you talk about blurring the lines, money means nothing anymore. This Decentraland, this mana thing. And I'm not sitting here. I mean, I know it's in the tone of my voice, but I'm not sitting here in a negative way. I'm actually more overjoyed now than I think I've ever been in my entire life. The last time you, me, and Brandon got together, we talked about something. Do you think time is passing faster or slower now? And it was an interesting mixed bag of answers. But I remember your answer was, I think it's passing faster now because I'm more aware or slower because I'm more aware of everything and I'm, I'm hyper in tune with everything. And this is what you said three, four months ago or however long it could be right. a year ago. I don't even remember. Fourteen's <laughs> got us all lost. <laughs> right. But, but every single thing that we've ever sort of held, held dear and held for granted or held you know, to, to, to an account has been taken from us. So is Decentraland real? Yes. It's just as real as anything that we've ever done, right? Just because it's on the computer and we don't understand it. You know, what the hell we're doing right now when we have to go and do this stuff? They're like, there's a tangible, there's this, there's that, but it's not. It's not tangible because everything that we've ever been taught about everything is a lie. And that's a bold statement to make. And I, and I challenge anyone, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the show right now, you can call our show, leave a voicemail, and you can ask me anything. We'll get right back to you. <laughs> You know, I'm going to, I'm going to plug my number right now. Feel free to give us a call. If you're in Canada, 647-338-1265. That number again in Canada is 647-338-1265. Leave a voicemail. We will answer your questions if you have any. If you're in America, you can call 708-733-5001 and you can leave a voicemail. We talk about this stuff. We really push this stuff. And, and, and the idea of curing your depression, getting you out of anxiety and all this sort of stuff, like this stuff is fun. The, the, the mana and the, this, that, and the other thing in the current, in the currencies, I, 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 I'm heavily invested in it, but I have, I have no faith in it. I have no faith or stock. And I don't care. Do you know what I love doing right now? Taking pictures, you know, and how do I take pictures? Well, I've got money. So I had to figure out how the game worked to be able to do 
the things I wanted to do without having to give up my time. I wasn't going to trade hours for dollars. So I had to figure out the game. I had to figure out the things that they knew that we didn't know. You know, there's no government. There's no situation. There's no, there's, there's no system out there that's going to teach you how to overthrow it. So you have to watch. You have to watch and pay attention. And you have to make your decisions for you. And you have to execute as best you can for you with as much knowledge as you possibly can, knowing that time in and of itself is also a construct, a construct. You don't need to worry about, is it going to take a month, a week, a year, right? We are taught from day one to stress and worry about scarcity, not having enough and all this fun stuff. We're taught, look at the arguments going on right now in all of society. Everyone's fighting everything. Everybody is fighting each other about absolutely everything and everyone's in fear. The conspiracy theorists are saying, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. The people that are not conspiracy theorists are like, I can't wait to get the vaccine. Blah, 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 drink the juice, you know, give it to me. <laughs> I don't give a shit. No, so there's all of these people out there that are going to do everything and they're going to fight everybody because they're right based on the information that they've collected and everybody else is wrong and an asshole. So the bottom line is if you're a miserable cow, you're going to have miserable experiences. But if you're going to be open to literally everything, if you're going to be like, I'm, I'm amazed by all of this and I want to try all of it. And there has to be a way because all these guys are doing the thing that I want to do. I just don't know how to do it. I need to find out how they're doing it. So you caught me at a good time. I'm, I'm, I'm taking up all the airtime over here. I'm sorry. It's usually you're the talking guy. I love it, brother. I love it. Well, I was going to say, you talked about um, figuring out what all the, all the other people are doing. And it's interesting that you say that because at the end of the day, the, all the other people, you know, they really don't, really don't matter because all that matters is us focusing on ourselves. He's not talking he, about you listeners. You, all of you matter. You're, you're very important people. We love you. <laughs> they all, they, everyone matters. Everyone matters. But, you know, I, I just found that interesting what you're talking about, um, you know, uh, saying what, you know, how are the successful people are living their lives and, and what are they doing now? I need to figure out how to do that because my nine to five is not working. My, my relationships aren't working. My life sucks. Now I need to figure out what, all the happy people are doing like yourself. You're taking pictures. Like, well, why is Adam Walton taking pictures? He should be working. He should be doing this. He should be doing that. But in reality, you're doing exactly what you should be doing. And that's the actual thing that we all should be doing. We shall all should be enjoying our lives and, and understanding that this is what our life is made of not working these nine to five. So you said that, um, you know, the, I don't know, the powers that be that, that, that um, are telling us, uh, that we need to work these 45 hours a week. I saw this meme just a little bit ago. It talked about um, uh, your employer gives you a salary to allow them to achieve their dreams and goals. But it's just comfortable enough that you don't go anywhere, um, but just enough that you can make enough money to make sure that you're happy. That's reality. And that's where we need, all need to get to. We all need to get to that point that we understand that this life is meant for us to be happy. But yet we got to figure it out. We got to figure out what other people are doing. And I and I still question. Like I, I don't know how to do it exactly. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm on the right path. I feel like I'm doing the right things. I think I feel like I'm working hard. Um, but man, it's it's not easy out there. It's 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 not really easy to figure out. Well, let's put something into perspective. What did you say? You, you're turning forty three. Forty three. Yeah. So you're turning. So you're forty two years old right now. I'm forty three in July. Yep. Yeah. I'll be forty one in July. All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. High five to July. Uh, so in exactly you've, you've led a life and you think that you've accomplished a lot and you, you know, you're here, you are 42 years old and you're an old man and Oh God, where's my cane? I can't find my goddamn walking shoes. Oh boy. 
right? But <laughs> literally, 42 years from now, you and I could do a podcast at 84 years old, talking about the bullshit that we're talking about now, right? So that's an entire lifetime, a double down. And when you stop to consider the first 12 years of your life, don't fucking count because all you had to do was not shit yourself and then find out what girls were. Yeah. Right. You, you, you're running on a very, and, and then all of high school was, oh my God, don't look at me, everybody. I'm trying to figure out who I am and what I am and why I'm here. Right. Like 20 years of your life was, was basically you trying not to shit your pants. That was the first 20 years of your life. But we think it's so fucking important that we do all these things. Right. So now you're 42, you got 22 years experience. Your twenties don't count. You're drunk half the time anyway. Right. In right. my opinion, and I'm going to say something pretty controversial right now. Life doesn't begin until you put the bottle down. Mm. You're tricked and manipulated your entire life from birth. You look at these commercials. They're like, wait until you're 19. Must be legal drinking age. Blah, 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 blah. And in the States, that's 21. So you guys are, you guys can die for your country, but you can't buy a beer. And this is, you know, this is one of those things where you, it's a brainwash from the get-go to want to consume alcohol. And it's something that sticks so long in you so ingrained in you that if you tell somebody you don't drink, the room will buzz. He must have a problem. Right. And this is, this is, this is, this is absolute psychological warfare. And how are we supposed to focus on what we want to do and what we want to achieve? And kudos to all those people who are out there hammering back the pints and, and achieving greatness. You know, I'm not here to criticize point fingers. I don't, I don't give a shit if you drink or you don't drink. I'm telling you from my experience, I was a very high functioning alcoholic. I drank all the time, but it never really interfered with anything until I realized that all of the things I wanted to do and all of the things I could do and, and, and the brain power I had and the accomplishments I wanted to succeed at, how easy it was once the bottle was gone and, and the distraction was gone and, and that cloudiness was gone and I was no longer ingesting the spirits of others. This is a huge coup, right? But now this brings us full circle to what I wanted to talk about, which is this life is a maze and every, every single a maze, it's a maze. Uh -huh. We're living in a maze. Okay. Right. And, and the idea isn't to get out of the maze. Everyone wants to, what's the meaning of life? How do I, blah, blah, blah. where do I go? What do I do? And it's not that because the minute you figure it out, the minute you figure the maze out, the maze changes, which is the coolest thing in the world. So the bottom line with this maze is no matter what you're doing, it's leading you to that piece of information that you need. So the minute you figured out the maze, the maze changes. We're not here to escape the maze. We're here to experience the maze. That's what life is, in my opinion, my humble opinion. And that being said, you know, when we when we get to a point where we're in pain and and when we can't figure out life is no good, I don't have enough money, I don't have a I don't have a, a loving relationship, I don't have kids, I don't have this, I don't have the car I want, all this bullshit. Right? That's an opportunity for you to say, I don't have. And now I want, but remember too, that we've been distracted since we're kids. We're watching exhibit pimp people's rides and we're watching MTV cribs. And we're looking at all of these rappers that have all this shit. We're like, I really want all that shit. Right. But the older you get, the more you're like, I really want peace of mind. I don't give a shit about the shit. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest victory of all understanding that all of the pain that you feel is causing you and giving you an opportunity to grow into who you want to be. Because the minute you step into your own alignment and you have to keep getting into alignment, here's the thing. Picture yourself driving down the road and there's three lanes, three lanes, the middle lane being the safest, the two lanes closer to the shoulder, you know, whatever. And you're driving and you're driving down the road and you're driving in the middle of the lane. Everything's going good. And then you, you switch to the left. 
you, you got a bit of a different perspective, but it's okay. You're a little bit nervous because you're not right in the mood. And now you're on the shoulder. You're like, oh shit, this is a bit crazy. <laughs> Look what's going on here, right? And now you're off the freeway, and now you're you're completely off in off the paved road, and you're going further and further and further. And you see this edge, the edge of the flat earth, ladies and gentlemen. You see this edge, and you're like, shit, I'm driving towards the edge, and you're getting more and more anxious and more and more, more and more fearful. And that's telling you, like, I need to get back. I need to realign. I need to get back to the center. So the further out you go, the more afraid you become, the more, the more anxious you feel, the more anxiety you feel. Then you pull yourself back to your center. You pull yourself back the other way. And then now all of a sudden you're on the shoulder and it's still a bit crazy, but you're like, oh, I can handle this. Then you're back on the paved lane Then you're back in the middle and everything's safe. Now, the middle is your lane. The middle is your life. The middle is your path. The middle of the three lanes. Boring as fuck, but it's your safe path. And you know how far out you can go and you can drift out into the gravel and into the sand and have some fun and do some wheelies and some donuts. I don't know what vehicle you're driving that can do wheelies and donuts. But it's not <laughs> pretty cool. That being said, you know, when you get out there and when you find this path and this purpose and this, and this intent and where you're going and you understand the road, because a lot of the times we can't see the road, we don't understand what we're doing or where we're going. So we're just willy nilly driving all over the place, feeling anxious. But when you find that path and when you find your center and you understand what you want to do, when you understand kind of more about what you're doing here and why you're here and what you're experiencing and that you've been lied to since the get-go and that you've been, you've been deceived since basically the moment you opened your eyes for the first time. The cool thing about that is understanding that you were supposed to be deceived because if everything was perfect at all times, there'd be no mystery. We'd have no fun and we wouldn't get to where we want to be. Two parts to this long story. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this whole thing. First part, anxiety and depression come from being too far off your center for too long. Work your way back to the middle. You know how to do it. You listening right now, you know how to do it. You don't have to go all the way back to the center. You don't have to get right back in line. You just have to get further away from the edge. Move yourself back in. You know how to do it. You know how to take that first step. You may not know how to take the second or third, but you know how to take that first step. My suggestion and my advice to you is take that first step. Secondarily, embrace the fact that the mystery is what we're here for. Embrace the fact that this is the coolest place you could possibly be right now and just have a little bit of fun with it. Don't take, what's that? My, one of my favorite lines is don't take seriously what the gods invented for fun. Have some fun with what you're doing here. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's the difference between misery and positivity. Ah, it's great. You know, when you were talking about this, um, you know, and that's why I love having you on the show. Number one is because you, you just make me think so many things and you discombobulate my head that I can't can, I can't I can't process the words that I want to say in my in my small brain and, and, and actually regurgitate the, the things that I want that I want that I'm thinking or feeling, which I love that. That's why I love having you on the show, because I'm going to re-listen to the show again and again and again, which I would encourage everyone else out there re-listen to these shows, but it's some of the things that just briefly, you're talking about that maze and that maze of life, dude, it's just, man, it means so much to me when you say that, because it is a maze and I enjoy the maze. It's like when things come to me that they're extremely challenging that I don't know how to handle, that's part of the maze. Like, which way do I go? Do I go left? Do I go right? And, or if I go, do I go straight? Do I go backwards? Where do I go with this maze? And, and then when I, when I make the right decision, this maze, and all of a sudden I have a different level of them. Then I go to the next level, the same exact life maze, but it's a little bit more difficult. Now, what do I do now? Now, where do I go? And now there's, there's less people on this level. 
you know, because now I'm on this different journey with, with my own head and trying to process it and trying to figure it out. And, and you mentioned the word mystery, all of this stuff. And I tie this maze in. It, it is an extreme mystery to me. But isn't the mystery the most beautiful thing about it? It's like the unknown of my own head. Like, where do I go next? I don't know. And I don't really give a shit. I'm just excited to get there. And I'm going to challenge myself and battle the demons and do what I got to do. Because this maze, this mystery is what makes life beautiful. And I just love the way you presented that. And even talking about going down the, going down the highway with the multiple lanes, the center lanes where you feel comfortable with. And I get that. And sometimes, and I know that resonates with a lot of my listeners out there, a lot of your listeners out there, when you get to, when you take that exit and you're like, oh shit, I made the wrong exit. I need to get back. It's like you go, you pull out the wrong exit and you're just at a stoplight. You're like, oh shit, I got to stop. And then you get right back on this the exact same exit to get back on the same highway that you were on. Those things are okay. You know, those, it may, it may, it may slow you down a little bit, but that's important for you to do sometimes to slow down and actually imagine where you are in your life. So all those things that you were saying are so important to me and where I'm at in my life. But not only that, the mystery of the future is so exciting. Like if we tie this all, all back into writing the book and where I've been and what I've struggled with, this was all part of this maze of life that I had to go through to get me to the point that I'm at now. However, now it's a different level of a maze. Like the, the next level is so much more difficult, yet so much more rewarding. And I would encourage everybody listening to this podcast is where, where are you at in this maze? What does your maze look like? Is it difficult right now? And, and I'm telling you right now, if it is difficult, number one, you'll figure it out. And you may make a couple of wrong turns and have to go back to the beginning. And, you know, that's why I'm visually, I'm just mentioning this, like this maze of left and right turns. And when you go to a dead end, like, oh shit, I got to go right back to the, where I was before. And I'm going to make this different turn to see how that goes out. But eventually you get through this maze, you get to the end, but it's another maze. It's another maze of life. And, but that's what makes life so brilliant and so beautiful and so much fun and, and challenging and difficult, but this is what life is all about. So again, dude, the way you explained that was so brilliant and so beautiful. And it just made me really, really think about where I am in my life and how much more opportunity and more, how much more fun I get to have in the next 43 years. Right. That's right. When you're not worried about shitting your pants. I'm not, and not, and and I, um, I'm I'm just I'm not really worried about anything, and, and that's what I guess it's so freeing when you make that choice about your life and and understanding that you don't have to worry about shitting your pants anymore. So real in reality, how much worse can it get? I mean, you just whatever bad shit happens to you, okay, that was the wrong way to turn down that maze. Yeah. So you, you go back to the that middle lane where you're talking about get refocused and then let's try and go a different, different, different route, different maze. And keep in mind too, ladies and gentlemen, listening right now that some people are so far off the beaten path, their own specific beaten path that they can't see it. They don't know where they're going. Um, you, you might be in that position. You might be there, but you'll always know you'll always have a general setting for North. You'll always have a general idea. And all you have to do is take that first step. You have to make that first shift and you know how to do that. You naturally know how to do that. And from there, you'll be able to see the next shifts. And understand, too, that as you're doing this and as you're going through these things that, man, it's true. There's no, there's no, there's no way to make mistakes, right? The Ten Commandments is a nice thing to live by. But I'll tell you this right now. There's one rule to life, and that's basically don't be a dick. And if you can live through your life 
you know, once you sort of gain your confidence, I know for me, like I was a sarcastic piece of shit. And there's a lot of people out there that, that probably hate me from my past. I, I can't apologize enough for who I was, uh, who I was created, who I am. Um, I was never an overt, you know, bully to, to my recollection. And I do remember being bullied a lot as a kid. I was a young, short, fat kid that got picked on all the time. Um, and, and our life sort of goes one way or the other. I read an article or I read a, a, a meme the other or earlier today and I laughed. It's like, I have a sad story too. Shut up, work harder. And it's like, that sucks, but it's the truth, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and, and sort of how it goes is, you know, my life brought me to where I am. So no matter what regrets I may have had in the past of how I acted or treated uh, anyone uh, or, or anything, I understand that that was all for me. And remember too, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going through that, if you're thinking about that yourself, all the stuff that you did, um, that you remember doing that like weighs on you, that's, that's, that's your path. That's your journey. That's you saying, these are the things that, that I did that I'll never do again, that I can't believe I did them. And I didn't know before doing them, you know, I had an idea whatever, but like we beat ourselves up. We don't, we, we always look at ourselves from, from the position of where we were as opposed to where we are. And also keep in mind too, that there's a lot of things that you did to people that like they fucking hate you, but you don't even know they exist because whatever you did never really resonated with you. It just never resonated with you. And this was what you were talking about the other day too on Instagram with regards to toxic people. And everybody's toxic at some point in their life. You're toxic to me. I'm toxic to you. We're all the toxic Avenger, right? But every single thing happens to teach us the lessons we need to learn. I'm not going to hear, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you know, woe is me for the things that I had to go through or the things that I put people through. Because if anyone has a problem with me, they can come straight to me and be like, let's hash it out. I am not who I was last week. I am not who I'm certainly not who I was 10 years ago. Uh, I have an opportunity in front of me to do my best moving forward, to be the best version of me I can be and to help those that can be helped. If you're going to come at me and be a dick, you better believe I'm going to fire it back at you. Right? So that's another thing that most people don't fully grasp is that in the journey of their life, all the terrible things that happened to them were usually a reflection of what they chose or how they chose to feel about themselves. All the terrible things that ever happened to me strengthened me and taught me that I can get through these things. All the things that almost broke me gave me a stronger, a stronger back. And all of the things that I did to others while I hated myself and believed all the bullshit, I apologize for. I apologize every day for who I was. I don't apologize every day, but I mean, if I had to, I would. Um, and I'm not even that upset with who I was because it's given me the opportunity to become who I'm becoming. And that applies to everyone. When you take away your victimhood and when you take away your aggression and when you start today and say, I am no longer going to be a dick or I am no longer going to do this or do that or whatever, then you're able to move forward. You're able to not put up with shit. You're able to accept certain things. You're able to really embrace who and where you are to the point that you can see what it is you need to see to get you to where you need to be. You said something extremely powerful in there. And I want to make sure I, I read, I talk about that again. You said that um, something along the lines about how you're, you apologize for the way you treated other people when you hated yourself. And I think that, that right there is like that, that you can almost sum up an exact, an entire podcast with that exact line right there, because as we look back in our past and we have regrets and things like that, but the regrets come from, from not truly knowing who we, who we are as individuals and how we, uh, that that's not us. We hated ourselves and, and we're reacting 
to in in a in a in a spot of of fear and a fear of a, a spot of uncomfortable with who we are. And that was yes, that was me. Yes, I have made terrible mistakes in my life, but I hated myself. And man, dude, that just I think about I put myself in that situation. I would re, I would want every listener around the the universe listening to listening to this and 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 putting themselves in the exact spot. The regret that you've had in your life most likely came from a time that you hated yourself because, man, I, I, I just, I look back at it and it was funny, me, me, you know, me being 5'2", 135. My buddy said to me uh, about a year ago, he said, do you realize you, you used to be one of the biggest bullies around? <laughs> it's weird and that was, to hear that, eh? Yeah. yeah and, and I go back in high school and I'm like, yeah, I was an asshole in high school because I truly hated who the person I was. And then you talk about all these things that when you, when you get into addiction drug addiction, alcohol abuse, and, and, and the list of pornography, you know, there's all, all kinds of abuses in there that you do. These things come from a place where you actually truly still hate yourself. Yeah. And I guess at the end of the day, it is that we need to release these things. We need to release this hatred of ourselves. And you said it earlier, and we talked about this throughout the show about, you know, you have to do these things for yourself. You have to, you have to stand up for yourself. You have to believe in yourself and, and love who you truly are as an individual, because at the end of the day, you're never going to help anybody else out there if you can't help yourself. And if, if you're still coming from a place of hatred or fear or, or, or not truly loving who you are, it's going to come out across as you're a dickhead, you're an asshole, you're a piece of shit because of the way you treat other people, it's fear, it's hate. It's, it's all down to the core and, and, and I, I hated myself. I, I truly, I can say that out loud. I probably never said that before, but through high school, through out of high school, my twenties, my early thirties, I just, I hated the person I was. I was just a, and, and, and it, it's, it's funny because it wasn't really how I treated other people. I just didn't like who I actually was. So I may have treated people well, sometimes, most of the time, but I didn't like who I was. Um, I didn't like the actual person you, that I became. You treated people exactly how you needed to treat them so that they didn't see you the way you saw you. So you were hiding a, in plain sight. Correct. That's a great way to put it because that's that's reality. That is exact reality because I uh, I, I hated myself forever. And, and, and you know, in the, within the last, one of the best things I ever did was start this podcast. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I still give credit to you and, for helping me get going and getting it rolling is this has really changed my life to be able to have these conversations with you. And, and even having the conversation with a lot of times in my episode with just myself and talking myself through this and how, and this is, and I guess I'm seeing this in the generality for everybody listening to this around the world that you, and I say it all every single time you have greatness within, but that I never believed it. I never believed who I was. I believed I was just a, a sham. I was a front. I was, not worthy. I wasn't good as other people. And then I started comparing myself to other people. And I wanted to buy things. I wanted to buy the new car, the big house. And, and I'm just, but all this stuff is a sham. It's a front because I was so miserable with who I am. And now you look back, even, you know, when we joke around being almost 43 years old, I don't care if you're 23, 43, or 53. Sometimes it just takes a long time for you to process this in your own path and your own style to figure out I'm cool enough. I love myself now. Mm -hmm. I am brave enough. I'm powerful. I, this is who I am. And I'm more powerful now than I've ever been in my entire life. Now I'm not done. 
Uh, I'm not even close to being done, but man, if I look to where I am now, to where I was last, and you said this, where I was last week, two months ago, a year, I, it just, it's just exponentially, it's, it's going to be like cryptocurrency. It's going to be like going to the roof, man, because that's just where I'm at now. And I'm looking back at the, in the past, like you said too, I, 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 I apologize, but it's not who I, it's not who I was. And yeah, I, I, it's interesting when I see people from my past and have conversations with them, they don't even know who I am. They, they had this perception, but perception is not reality with who I am now for, versus who I was last week, two weeks, 20 years ago. It's, it's just mind blowing. And I love the way you brought that out of me. An interesting, an interesting side note on that as well is that, you know, you're talking about the people from your past and it, you didn't choose to do what you did with regards to your relationships with them. But as you grew, they disappeared. And a lot of people just go like, I mean, on your journey of self-awareness, on your journey of becoming who you're becoming and on your journey, of, basically the bottom line is we all make that shift finally. Finally, we make that shift when we've, we've had enough of our own bullshit. And, you know, I met you or you met me, I suppose you could say on your path. The minute you said, I'm going to, I'm going to get my shit together. You said, I'm going to try this. I'm going to work with this. I'm going to get this program up and running, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to try this stuff. These are the people I meet on my journey. And I met you because I too was on a journey of working with people and helping certain things and connecting these, these, these areas. Our frequencies aligned. And there are a bunch of people that did not line with me that came and went, that I helped, that they helped me, that you know, a piece of their wisdom was left with me, what have you. But guys like you, I'm pretty sure I'll be friends with. I'm pretty sure that we could do a podcast in 43 years. You know, and that's that's kind of a crazy thing to say and to think about, you know. Maybe, maybe podcasts won't even be a thing. Maybe we'll do like a virtual, maybe we'll do a, a, a mana room, Decentraland uh, show, you know? That'd be cool. That'd be dope as hell. So, the, I mean, to me, the, the reality is every single thing that you've ever wanted, you just have to go out and get, you have to get out of your own way. You have to stop kicking your own ass and just be like, you know what? Fuck it. I deserve it. And the greatest thing about falling in love with yourself is you realize that every single person that could interfere with you loving yourself is literally just talking to you about how much they hate themselves. And they just haven't done the work yet. And they will, but it's just not there yet. It's interesting because a lot of those people do go away. And I catch myself trying to bring them back in. And this is what I, I, I guess this is another thing I want to make sure yeah. I mentioned to other people that, um, you know, when you go down these roads, you're like, um, I, I want them back in my life. Yet the more and more the path I'm on, I'm getting better and better and better every day, no matter how hard I drag. It's like a, the picture I have in my head is me trying to pull them up, yet they're slipping out of my fingers and I'm still going up, yet they're still going down. Maybe they're not going down. Maybe they're saying the exact same level they are, but I'm still going up. And that's a hard reality that um, it's taking me a long time to get used to it, but it's, it's reality. And it's what it's, it's, it's just part of growing. It's part of getting better. It's part of the path. And when we get, if we tie all this back into the maze, it's the maze that I'm on. Maybe I went down that path. I'm, I made a right turn and I met these people yet. It wasn't going right. So I turned back around and go to a different direction, but they can't follow that same path. You know, their maze might be a little bit different than what my maze is. And that's, and totally that's cool. okay. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, but the path that I'm on is my path and I am, happier and more encouraged every single day. I I've been so blessed to meet people like you, to meet people like Brandon, to meet people like, I mean, all the other people that have been on my show 
over the last four years and the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of downloads, I've been just so blessed. And I, life is so good right now, man. I think I'll, I'll, I'll tie it all back into this is that I've never been so blessed. I've never been so lucky. I've never been so optimistic about the future of where my life is going with my friendships and my relationships. And I'm glad everyone's listening is on that same path. And I'm glad Adam Walton is listening as well. Adam Walton, it's been a great episode. I didn't think it was going to go this way. And uh, this episode's damn near brought me to tears, man, because I've got so many things to think about. My head's a little discombobulated halfway through, yet at the end of it, it, it ties it all back into my path, my maze, my future, and how blessed and how grateful I am. But not only where I am in my life with all the listeners, but I'm grateful that you are in my life, my friend. I consider you one of my best friends. And I, I enjoy these conversations. The only thing I, I wish and regret is that we do these way more often. Uh, we've talked about maybe in the in the past about having a show with just you and me. And I think that's probably more relevant now than ever. Um, I think we should probably really, really dive into that and uh, see what happens. I'd be okay with that too. It's always fun to do that. And, you know, with with your technology and, and and all that understanding, we could have some pretty fun guests on the show as well. So, oh, absolutely, my friend. And tell the entire galaxy where everybody can find you. Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not doing too much these days. A lot of podcasting and a lot of uh, soul searching and having a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, our work, even though it is a little bit throttled back right now, you still can reach us and you can connect with us and you can see what's going on over at the Mental Mastery uh, all of our links spread out from there. I'm not going to bore you with all these fun <laughs> things that you can go looking for. If you want to come check us out, come check us out. I will leave that phone number again. If you do want to leave a message or if something's hot on your mind right now, uh, you can call us at 708-733-5001. That's in America. In Canada, the phone number is 647-338-1265. Leave a voicemail. Have your voice heard. Uh, we will address it. Um, somebody's going to take a look at it. If it's an email you get back or if it gets on the show, uh, fantastic. Uh, but we do want to hear you. do want to interact with you. Um, again, the Mental Mastery Alliance, we talk about this shit all the time. We get crazier. Funny story. I know we're coming to the end of the time. A funny story. My sister, we talk about, you know, the people in your life. You know, there's, a, there's an old saying, you can't be a preacher in your old backyard. So there's a lot of people that knew who you were. They don't know who you are. They don't know your show. You have a ton of fans that love your show. And these guys are great. Um, you know, uh, my sister never listens to my show and, and our show is like, it's gotten pretty good, man. Uh, when I say good, I'm just, I'm just looking at the numbers. Like it, it, it blows me away how much people want to hear what's going on and what we're talking about. You got you got to feel the same way when you look 100%. At the numbers, you're like, well, why do these people want to listen to me? But at the end of the day, you know, you're putting out good content and you know, you're helping people. And if you've helped one person, that's worth all of it. Uh, bottom line. And it, it's great. So my sister listened to one of my episodes. I think it was episode 144. And this episode was just, I hadn't podcasted in a while. I was super busy with a bunch of stuff. It's no excuse. Um, but I got it out there. I just sort of plugged in, sat down, set myself up much like you see right now, closed my eyes and opened my mouth and spoke for about 35 minutes. And it was just this, what seemed to be nonsensical ramblings, but I tied it all in together. And it was all these things I wanted to vent and all these things that I wanted to talk about. And that's the very first episode my sister ever listened to of me. Awesome. A very incoherent episode. And her takeaway from it was, and this was priceless. Her takeaway was, I don't think they're going to understand you. <laughs> that, that just, that just, that just warmed me up. That, that might be the tagline for the show. I don't think you're going to understand me. 
Well, your show is amazing, brother. And I, you know, like I said, I jump in and I listen to probably, I probably listen to every other show of yours. Um, and I love it. I love one of the things I've actually used because I, I coach people now for, for podcasting and just for structure and things like this. And, but I love your intro for your show. And, and, and I'm telling everybody out there, make sure you find Adam, find his show. Um, it's brilliant. Um, it's, it's, it's informational yet. It's got, uh, it's got the, the very vibe vibe of this show, but I just loved, I love the, the guests that you have on your show. I love, it's not your traditional bullshit. Like, I don't know, man. I just, <laughs> it's, it's exactly what you just, sister just said. Yeah. That's why I love your show. <laughs> it's, uh, it's basically my show, the way I look at it, my show is like, if you're listening to my show, you've been invited into my living room. It's just, it's just, it's a fireside chat. We're sitting around shooting the shit um, and we, we have some pretty heavy conversations and I do some pretty heavy, you know, monologues and rambling. So a lot of it's guests, a lot of it's ramblings. Um, but to me, it's happy to me. It, 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 I do it because I need to talk. I do it because I want to get it out. I do it because I need to take that glass of water and pour it out so I can pour more in to me. And my podcast is the bucket. There's no question about it. your podcast is solid as shit. Make sure you check out Adam Walton for sure. Everywhere. Social media wise, Run over to the website, subscribe to this podcast, leave those five-star reviews. Um, like, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show that if you're tired of the same old bullshit and you're ready to get to the next level in life, besthalfyear.com. Run over there J- June 15th. I'm going to flat out show you exactly how to have the best half year of your life. It's, it's, it's easier than you think, uh, but you but the biggest step for you is all you got to do is just take that one step and, and get on that website and reserve your spot. Besthalfyear.com. If you're tired of the shit, let's do this. I say it in every single episode, and I mean from the bottom of my heart, you've got greatness within. Like always, this is The Positive Side. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac. 